Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically, to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Hello, soccer fans. Welcome to a special edition of the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. I'm your co-host here, Andy, with my Man, Berg over here, and we have a let's go, Doctor Nicole PT from Instagram. Tell us how you're doing today. Hi, I'm doing really well. It's a nice 75 degrees and sunny here in LA, so I'm loving that. Nice, loving life. (laughs) LA is nice. How'd you end up in LA? Tell us about that. So I grew up in New Jersey, and then yeah, (laughs) that's where Andy's from. Yeah, there's actually a huge Haitian population in New Jersey. There is. Yeah, um, yeah I'm from the shore, um, oh, okay, okay. Monmouth County. I grew up in a town called Wall Township. Um, people know Belmar usually because it's a beach town, so that's where I grew up. Okay. Then I went to St. John's University in New York in mm. Queens where I played soccer. D1. D1, yes. D1. Ooh. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> it means I used to be somewhat good. <laughs> no, it means if you come to my pickup group, you're going to beast everybody. <laughs> um, and then I took a year off between undergraduate and PT school. Um, I worked in a physical therapy clinic, went to Uganda. Um, oh. And then I went to physical therapy school at Emory University in Atlanta. Spent three years there, and then my now husband, Mark, um, he was my boyfriend at the time, but he got into the orthopedic residency at USC, so we both moved to LA for him to do that. Then we moved, after he was done, we moved back to New Jersey to my hometown. And then, and then, and then you missed the about, traffic in yeah, LA. Well, <laughs> Well, we miss the sunshine in about March or April. Marcus from Arizona, he was like, I cannot deal with this cold weather anymore. Wow. So, uh, we got married in June and moved back to LA in September. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Quite the so you tell me the, the Jersey shore life in, in, um, in New Jersey <laughs> wasn't up to par with um, California? No, surprisingly, we are not the um, club bangers that you may associate with Jersey Shore. So it wasn't quite, um, no, it's not really like that, obviously, in real life. That's that's more of like um, the tourist areas. That's like the show. But <laughs> yeah. Man, paint the picture for us there. <laughs> Good. So you played soccer in St. John's. What position did you play? I, this is always a long answer to what should be a, 
a, a simple question to answer. Um, I grew up playing center mid my whole life. And then my first day of preseason got turned into a forward. Mm. Um, <laughs> you were fast? Were you fast? No. <laughs> I was too small to be a center mid in the Big East Conference. Mm. Um, what? Yeah, I was, so I had broken my leg right before um, starting my freshman year of soccer. So um, I was 5'5 five, five and maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. And I remember, <laughs> I'll never forget the first game. One of the first games I played was against Notre Dame. Oh, they're and, pretty good too. Yeah, they're really good. And their, um, their average player was probably 5'8 and 140 pounds. And wow. I just remember standing in the middle of the field, like almost getting whiplash like swishing my neck back and forth looking at how fast they were so yeah i was not a strong enough presence in the middle of the field so forward was much better suited for um my body, okay. <laughs> my body i was gonna say because usually if you find the midfielders tend to be a little shorter and they put the forward if you fast and if you have a physical presence they put they put you forward yeah i i got moved to forward because i i've always been a much smarter player than mm. like a physical presence so gotcha. I made good runs off the ball, set up playing. So, yeah, okay. um, I just wasn't strong enough to hold up the ball in the center of the field. But then um, my last year, I got turned into a defender, and I played left <laughs> left back. What, so, what happened? Was the competition became fierce at that point? No, we, we got an influx of freshmen. So I was in a class of 15 my freshman year. Okay. Um, and then I redshirted a year. So um, – they all graduated, so then we had to get a big influx of freshmen for my fifth year, my redshirt year. Mm-hmm. So um, I played in the back again. I was more of a tactical player, so I was able to kind of direct everyone on the field and be like an on-field coach, so to speak. Okay. Um, so I started off as center back and then eventually moved out to the outside so I could still go up and attack because we played a 4-3-3 that year. That's so, crazy. Yes, I played left back and got to join the attack a lot, but also helped direct um, the the rookies on my team. Um, So it was, yeah, it was fun. I got to play every position except keeper. So I (laughs) I have good overall field sense, which is nice. Hmm. We can can see that on your Instagram too, because you you post, um, you don't post, you post position specific drills sometimes, which is good. Mm -hmm. I have a question though. So, so, what how'd you got into um the the rehab setting and um you know the 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 physical preparation setting because um you you know it was it inspired by you playing soccer or did you always know you went into physical therapy and um um sports and sport performance so i um I guess growing up playing soccer, I was always kind of intrigued with sports medicine. Every time a player on my team would go down with an injury, I would kind of be like, oh, I wonder what happened and want to be the one there looking at what was going on and seeing what the trainer was looking at. So I always kind of had an interest, Um, but I never really was exposed to physical therapy as a career choice until I broke my leg. Mm. So I, I fractured my tibia and fibula in my senior year of high school playing soccer and had to do a lot of physical therapy and I really liked my physical therapist which I think is key and absolutely critical in the rehab process is actually liking the physical therapist 
So I really liked her and um, really kind of enjoyed the things that we were doing. And towards the end, it became more sports performance training. And I really felt like I was a better athlete after going through that process than I was before. So um, I actually started off college as a international business major Mm. and um, thought I wanted to do business and travel for uh, business in my career. And I kept thinking while sitting in my microeconomics class, like, wow, this is really boring. I really wish I was at soccer practice or I wish I was learning something else. And I just couldn't help but shake the feeling of, you know, it'd be really cool to be a physical therapist and work with athletes and help them reach their goals, especially at a point in their lives when they feel like their goals might be out of reach, like I felt after I broke my leg. So uh, after my freshman year, I switched majors to biology pre-med and (laughs) join the club. Andy, were you a bio major? No, I was not. I was Kines. Oh, man. We, bio didn't, have that. we didn't have that at St. John's, so oh, bio okay. is my only real option. You know, you know what's funny? Because um, when I went, I don't know if it's because I'm an immigrant and I came, I came in with no perspective, but I didn't know what physical therapy was until like late junior year of college. I didn't even know if, what kinesiology was. Mm-hmm. Like people were saying exercise phase as a major. I was like, wait, you, you go to college, you learn how to exercise. That, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I literally thought it was, it was a joke. I said, is it a joke? Like you learn how to exercise. <laughs> and then it's, it's only now that now I'm, I'm actively reading about, you know, sport performance, strengthening, conditioning. And I realized, oh my God, like this is a science. This is a, this is not easy as I thought it was. It was. Sorry for all the, the people that I made fun of. Doing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then actually the year that I took off between undergrad and PT school, I went back and worked for my physical therapist who had rehabbed my leg. And she and her husband were opening up a sports performance center in conjunction with the physical therapy clinic. Um, it's in New Jersey. It's called Reach Your Potential Training. And it was being run by Bobby Smith and Adam Fight, and they're both phenomenal performance coaches, strength and conditioning coaches. And I got to train with them um, every day that I that I could or that I wanted to. And I just learned so much from that and saw how much training with them and doing the sports performance training impacted how I felt and how my leg felt and how I was on the field. So it really helped me be like, oh wow, this could be really helpful for athletes and more athletes should be exposed to this at a younger age. Um, Cause I feel like we don't really get exposed to that until college for most, most of the time. I mean, it's changing a little bit now where high schoolers are getting more exposure to sports performance training. Um, but that really helped me see like, Oh wow, I really love the sports performance side too. And I wanted to merge those two fields a little bit more. That's exactly where I'm trying to go. Sport performance and PT. Cause um, it's, it's, I was, um, who's that? You know, Zach, Zach uh, Garbo. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Zach taught um, one of our class um, strength and conditioning principle because two two of our classmates were strength coach realized, oh my god, like we're learning about we're learning about patho- pathology, but we're not learning how to treat. We don't know anything yeah. about exercises at all. So they took upon themselves to do the their capstone project the capstone project was basically was, you know, creating a course where, you know, the third year could actually learn a little bit about strength and conditioning principles and then apply it. And then Zach taught us the class. So I was sitting with Zach 
and I, I, I shadow in his um, clinic every week. And if we, so it's, it's so fun because the way Zach does thing, also it's not a plug to Zach. <laughs> the, way, the way Zach does thing, it's almost like he's treating, but the, he's putting on his um, strength and conditioning toolbox. Everyone come in the clinic, they had a movement prep to begin, and then they had a push and pull circuit kind of thing. I was like, whoa, this is interesting. I would have never thought of doing this in if i didn't know you know if i didn't wasn't wasn't introduced to this thing at all so i'm curious to see um when you practice do you use those same principle as well or do you you have your own style of doing things yeah i use those principles and i think it's really important that physical therapists know those principles and i would agree that in my physical therapy education you know we had a therapeutic exercise class but it was like TA and multifidi activation and yes, yes. bugs and yes. I'm like okay great like what what professional athlete or high level athlete like you're not gonna find one who doesn't have a strong TA like if you can stand upright your core is engaged so you know I was kind of really skeptical of things like that so um, I was think you know there were a lot of people in my class who who were taking the Therex course. Um, and going through the program and who wanted to work in orthopedics who had said, well, I've never even worked out before. And that kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? Wow. You, you have to know the principles. If you don't work out, that's weird, but I mean, fine. But I mean, how can you prescribe exercise <laughs> if you don't at least know the underlying principles? I'm not saying you have to be a, a you know, a tremendous athlete yourself, but you need to at least be able to apply the principles and I was really disappointed that we didn't learn that in school. And that's why I got the National Strength and Conditioning Association study materials and took the CSCS exam um, so that I could learn those principles better and apply it to exercise prescription. And why I think that's really important for physical therapists is that as you're making your plan for a patient, you have to always have the end goals in mind. So what are the demands that these people are going to have to face And how do I prepare them for that? So if you have somebody who's even somewhat athletic, or let's say you have a weekend warrior even, I'm not even saying the high-level athletes, if you have somebody who does CrossFit on the weekends or likes to go to the gym for an hour each night um, or plays ultimate frisbee on the weekend with their friends, you have to know the demands of what they're trying to get to and prepare them Mm -hmm. for that. So if they're going to do CrossFit, but right now they have a shoulder injury so they can't do the overhead presses, well, you know, what are the components of an overhead press and how can you regress that to what they can do right now and then progress that to an overhead press or whatever other movements they want to be doing. And I don't see how you can do that without applying the principles of strength and conditioning. Um, And then especially with working with youth athletes, because if you look at professional athletes, they have a whole team around them, right? They have the strength and conditioning staff. They have Mm -hmm. the sports scientists, the physios, the trainers. So each of them plays their role in um, how they help this athlete, but youth athletes don't have that. So when they come to us with an injury, we become their physio, 
their strength and conditioning coach, their sports scientist. We have to be the ones getting them ready to play their sport again because they don't have a strength and conditioning staff who's going to say, okay, you're out of pain now and you have no more impairments or dysfunction. Now we train you to perform. They don't have anyone doing that. So we have to take on that role in the youth athlete population. So anyone working with youth athletes or even the weekend warrior who doesn't have that strength and conditioning staff around them, we have to be able to take that role on. And if you don't know those principles of strength and conditioning, I don't see how you can do that. Yeah. Like I have a, I have a, you know, decent amount of young followers, young soccer players that follow my page. And uh, it, it's, it's always um, kind of like mind blowing because you think I'm thinking just be, a lot of them are in Europe. So they must have, a little bit of edge into, you know, physical preparation and soccer because, you know, it's Europe. Soccer is much more advanced there, but they still, they, they, their, their knowledge in, you know, return to sports and how to prepare their body is very, very, very limited. I don't know, Andy, if you can speak up to that, to, uh, from some of the questions you had in the past, but some of those guys, they come in and they have a really big injury and it's some, almost like, there's no rehab specialist available to them. And yeah, it's, it's very, I've seen some very interesting messages that have come my way. For example, <laughs> the other day, um, I posted like a little video of Oxley Chamberlain who tore his ACL back in, I think it was April. Um, I posted a video of him doing some balance exercises. And they're like, well, if he can stand up and he can walk, why can't he play for Liverpool right now? I'm like, you know what? That's not the way it works. Like there needs to be a a progression here. And there, there's a much larger knowledge gap that I think, um, and it's hard to see it from our perspective because we're kind of in our own physio advanced science knowledge bubble or whatever you want to call it. And we, it, it's tough, but we have to meet people where they're at in terms of how much they know. Yes. That is a struggle. And I think that that's one of the more important aspects of social media platforms like Instagram. And that's why I started my Instagram page in the first place was I'm also a youth soccer coach. And so when I was in physical therapy school, I was also coaching youth soccer. And I would read all the all these research articles about injury risk reduction and implementing the FIFA 11 plus and things like that. And then I would go and coach my soccer teams and not see any of that happening. So I was... I was kind of like, well, if this is such common knowledge in my realm of physical therapy and sports performance, why isn't it such common knowledge where it matters, you know, on the field? Um, So I wanted to try to bridge that gap between what we know and then what gets used on the field with youth coaches and in that setting. And I think that it's really important that even, like you said, Andy, people don't know the basics. So just share the basics. and, And I think that that's really helpful. It's it's very hard too because um you learn all this material in such a short amount of time. You have all these big words that you want to do, uh, do you want to blow out because you know it's kind of like the bubble. And then you talk into this twenty year old kid who's playing in an academy, and then he's asking me question that I feel like wait you should know this. You're playing high level sports, uh-huh. and he's like no I don't I don't know this. So that's why I I go. I go online sometimes and I, I, you know, talk about the most basic injury and sometimes I get bored. <laughs> I get really bored because I'm like, will they really be interested in this? Cause this is basic. And then I'll get one message saying, Hey, um, 
I didn't know, I didn't know working on balance is good for your ankle. I'm like, oh. Yeah. You feel like a broken record sometimes just repeating yourself a lot, but it's what needs to be done to help get the message across, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's, you've been on this journey, like what, how long you've been doing, um, the Instagram and, um, just, just educating people on, on online platforms. I I started, I've had a couple of different platforms. I started Instagram when I was in physical therapy school and I was working as a personal trainer in a mixed martial arts gym, actually. Um, and, uh, I've had a very, uh, different journey, I suppose, okay. but, um, a unique journey. Um, and I started just posting things about general health and fitness, um, like correct ways to do a plank where I would show what my, what my students were doing in the circuit class I was teaching and then once I got in, once I got out of physical therapy school and I was working, I kind of just forgot about it for a little while and I was just focused on my clinical skills. And then probably about two years ago, I really started focusing on it again. And just recently in the past year or so, I've been uh, making my focus a lot more on soccer players and soccer, football medicine. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. And, um, this is a selfish question, but what have you found to be like the best way to navigate this online platform and actually grow and be a, a resource and value to people? I think the best things is just to be consistent about putting out quality content. I think people it's buzzword right there, quality content. I want yeah. to know what quality content is. <laughs> so like most people don't know the basics. So for me, I'm trying to, like I said, trying to bridge that gap between what we know in research and what's actually done. So like Andy, I saw you were putting out the stuff about the FIFA 11 plus, and that's great. That's the kind of stuff that people really want to see because it's okay. I know that I should be doing some kind of injury prevention thing with my team and I know that there's this thing that FIFA made, but I'm not sure exactly how to use it. Um, so I think things like that, like that's some good quality content that people want to know and can help people. So the more value you give to people, then the more that that stuff gets spread. Uh, I know that some people have done like um, boosting their posts or promoting their posts. I like, I just did it kind of organically um, just by being consistent. I mean, if you can put something out daily, that's great. I fall off sometimes and I'll go a week without posting. Um, life, life gets in the way mm -hmm. <laughs> for you guys school. I don't know how, how you stay so consistent with school. Um, I, I almost <laughs> fell one of my rotation because I was so focused on, on posting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just being consistent and putting out uh, consistent quality content and then linking up with other people too. So like, my husband has, over 50,000 followers. So oh, and he's, nice. yeah, anytime really? he puts me in his story, um, I'll get like an extra hundred followers. I, I'd, um, I'd, I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, right? nice. I'm like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, or just link. It's been really nice to link up with other professionals in the field, um, get to know them and get to know kind of how they treat people. And that's, what's been the biggest benefit to me is getting to meet other like-minded professionals. Okay. That's nice. Good. Cool, Like-minded. Cool. Seek out. Guess one thing I don't do. I don't collab enough because I feel like, oh, yeah. It's what tough, are we going to do? I don't, I, what are we going to do? Like, but it's just, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm kind of getting stuck in my own bubble and I got to 
kind of get out of it and collapse some more. Well, also, it's good to be in a niche like like you guys are, in, I guess, like I am as well. It'll be a slower growth process as far as followers and engagement on social media because you're not appealing to a wide market, a mm-hmm. wide audience. Um, so, like, people who have accounts that are general orthopedic conditions, they'll get a lot of followers because it applies to everyone. Um, but, you know, in the soccer bubble, yes, it's the world's most popular sport, um, not so much in the United States, of course, but, um, we won't get as fast of a growth, but I feel like that growth is more meaningful and the followers we have are more engaged, engaged with us and our content. So I think that that, um, the pros and cons, um, you know, the, the pros outweigh the cons in that situation and that, yeah, we may not get to a hundred thousand followers, but in our niche, we're known as the soccer people to go to. So I think that that's a good a good way to go about it too. Um, so yeah, I guess one of the things I kind of wanted to ask you about is how are you dealing with the fact that you're both a PT and a soccer coach? Like, do you kind of try to mix the two together? And when you go to practice, do you try to implement the things that you've been learning or what's going on there? Yes. Yeah, so I don't currently have a team, but this is the first year that I haven't had a team that I'm working with and just working um, with individuals. So when I've had a team, I've always, and even in my private training sessions, I always start with the FIFA 11 plus, um, which is sometimes tough to do with just an individual because of the contact things. Um, so I'll just do a variation of the FIFA 11 plus my own little dynamic warm up that I created for the individual. Um, so I always start with that. And then I always make sure I talk to the girls that I, or, or boys that I coach and train about training loads. So I've had girls come to practice after a cross country meet for their school team. And I'm like, well, take your cleats off because you're not practicing. (laughs) Wait, why not? Can I still play in the game? Of course you can still play in the game, but you're not practicing today. You just ran two miles. Like, why would you think that you can practice right now? And I think that 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 often gets overlooked and people don't even think about that. Like, why can't they just come from their tennis match um, or their cross country meet or whatever else to soccer practice and train? Mm -hmm. And a lot of soccer coaches will make them train. So um, that's kind of how I've incorporated it. Good. Wow. Reducing the, the amount of, um, they call this all, oh, forgetting the technical word. You reduce the amount of work that, that they're doing so that they can recover. Exactly. Good. So I kind of want to talk about your journey from when you graduated, right, into where you are right now. So can you tell us about how you got there in terms of like um, education and like where you've been working and things like that? Yeah, so right after physical therapy school, when uh, my husband Mark and I moved out to California, to Los Angeles, um, I started working at CATS, which stands for Competitive Athlete Training Zone, and that's in Pasadena. And I was working with Chris Butler. I don't know if you guys follow yeah, him. Yeah, we know. I know. Yeah, yeah. So I started working with him um, at CATS, and they have a whole sports performance site as well. And USC's um, Human Performance Lab is in CATS. So I got to see people using the isokinetic dynamometer, force plates. I got to see the sports performance side every day. And then I learned so much from Chris Butler, who's also one of the funniest human beings I know. And so I just learned so much working there. And I learned a lot about um, the Gray Institute. And I ended up taking the certification in applied functional science course. That was one of my first con ed courses I took after school. And that really helped me a lot with getting creative in my exercise prescription and how we can work ankle 
inversion after an ankle sprain without putting them in threatening positions just by reach, reaching their arm across their body a certain way. So I thought that, that was really helpful. Um, then I've, I've taken a lot of Con Ed courses, um, like Greg Lehman's Reconciling Biomechanics of Pain Science. I thought that was a great course. I've always been really into research, so I've, I read, I try to read on average five articles a week if I can. Wow. Um, yeah. No, 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 I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'd rather read the book. If I can. Yeah. So if I'm able to read that many, um, I always try to read at least one a week and then really break it down critically. Um, so that's been helpful for me. Um, yeah, I guess that's, those are probably the main, I've also worked at a couple other clinics as I've moved back and forth and now I work for myself. Mm, okay. Well, that's definitely a fantastic journey, but unfortunately we're running out of time for today, but we're going to bring you back for a part two. Yes. Um, so yes, yeah, stay tuned guys and be sure to check out our next episode where we continue our conversation with you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.